Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, December the 7th, 2023. It is the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. It is the Feast of St. Ambrose. It is the first Thursday in Advent. And our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, and it collapsed and was completely ruined. I have a few words prepared for us today, but as I read it, there's always, as we say, our Lord is very smart, (laughs) and when he gives us his word, it exists on many levels, and we can always go deeper And I'm just thinking as I'm reading this, I feel so bad. I feel so, so horrible. And I wonder how our Lord himself feels for the countless number of people out there who do not follow God, who do not follow Jesus, who know better. They know the rules. They know Jesus. They know his church. They know how it is. And they're choosing not to follow him. I'm thinking specifically of people that I know and love. And they're choosing to reject Jesus and his teachings. And I I mean, all I can do is try. All I can do is warn them. But, and that's all we can all do. And we can pray for them. I believe in, and we have to have great confidence in our prayers. Prayers are powerful. Good example is powerful. Um, Fasting and sacrifice is also powerful. Offering our sufferings for them is powerful. But in the end, they have to make their own choices, and the Lord will judge them accordingly. And and we're not supposed to judge, but we are supposed to help. We are supposed to warn people. It's not judgment when you warn someone. So anyway, but yeah, I just think of so many people that I know that are not on the path to heaven right now. And to say it's going to be a rude awakening is the greatest understatement of all time. We're talking about eternity and there's only two possibilities for eternity, one extreme or the other. And we just pray the Lord will have mercy on everybody. Anyway, I wanted to have more of a positive cheery message for us today. Well, first we celebrate the feast of St. Ambrose and I wanted to to just focus a little bit on this line of our Lord, does the will of God, does the will of my Father. That's that's his theme. That's Jesus' theme here today, doing God's will. I think I had shared, oh, a few years back, I was discerning different things and praying about different things. And I was actually considered considering being a monk, joining a monastery, And I thought, well, this is what I should do because it's the highest calling. It's the best thing. And I discerned with these monks, I was not called to join that monastery. 
Okay. So I came home and I was just asking the Lord, all right, can you just give me a, like a final confirmation to let that go? I think I told this story before in a podcast. Anyway, I was down at the beach and my family uh, came down and we were going to go on the beach and we were in, I believe, Ocean City, New Jersey. And I said, you know, I don't have a book to read, so let me just run into this bookstore. And I ran through the bookstore and I looked around and I found this book called Western Spirituality. I'm like, oh, what's this? And it mentions on the back, oh, it's 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 all about Augustine, Bernard, and Gregory. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. So I grabbed the book. I paid for it. I took it out on the beach. I started to read it. And you're never going to believe what the theme of the book was. All three of these guys started as monks. And they all said in their early days, all they wanted to do was be a monk because they believed this was the highest calling. But Augustine was called out of his monastery to be a bishop, and he became a great bishop. Gregory was called out of his monastery to be a pope. And if that wasn't enough, Gregory reflected over the years about being a pope requires largely being a diplomat and having to talk to all these people you wouldn't normally talk to that he himself wouldn't want to talk to. He just wanted to be in the monastery in silence. And then Bernard, um, he was called out of the monastery. He was a great monk and he founded a bunch of monasteries and he spent long hours in prayer. And then he was, he was so successful at founding these monasteries. The Pope at the time called him out of monastic life to become a diplomat for the Holy See. So once again, Bernard and Gregory lived very similar lives. Really, the three of them lived very similar lives in the public realm, uh, having to need all kinds of di- diplomatic skills, etc. And anyway, they, they complained a lot when these when they were first taken from their fun, I wouldn't say fun, but safe, comfortable mon- monastic life. And maybe not even that comfortable, but still it's what they wanted, what they felt they were called to. And they were thrown to the wolves, basically, thrown into public life. And initially, they thought it was horrible. But little by little over time, all three of them had the same reflections, independent of one another, that it's not necessarily the highest calling to be a monk or a priest or this or that, but rather the highest calling. They all concluded the highest calling is to do God's will. And to do it faithfully. And that through doing God's will, the Lord will sanctify us. The Lord will lead us to heaven. So it's a beautiful thing. But it was all about doing God's will. And how do you discern then God's will? And this is what Jesus talks about here today. Either building your foundation on a rock or on sand. It all depends on doing God's will. Another thing about God's will, well, St. Ambrose, our feast for the day, he's another one, just so similar to those other saints. In fact, St. Ambrose was the mentor of St. Augustine. Uh, St. Ambrose was, I, now I was told this story when I was in school years ago uh, about his origin in becoming the Bishop of Milan, the second important, second most important diocese in the world after Rome. Uh, he was the local governor, I believe. And he had become a catechumen of the church and he was so beloved as governor. He did such a good job that when the bishop died, it was back in the day when the people could make recommendations for their new bishop and they absolutely loved this man. And there was like a scene at the, uh, the cathedral in the center of town where people were arguing and people were very upset that the local bishop had died. And they said, well, we choose Ambrose. 
we want Ambrose to be our bishop. And he said, I can't. I'm the governor and I'm only catechumen anyway. But they demanded it and they petitioned Rome and Rome granted their request. And so he was no longer the governor. He became the bishop. Well, first he had to get baptized, (laughs) then confirmed, then his first communion, then ordained a deacon, then ordained a priest, then ordained a bishop. And then finally, yes, he became the bishop of Milan. It's such an exciting kind of a story, very similar to a thousand years later when St. Charles is going to become the Bishop of Milan. And I've told that story, I think a couple times recently, one of my favorite stories anyway. And in both cases, you know, it's about doing the will of God. Both of these men, Ambrose and Charles didn't know exactly what God's will was going to be for them. And, but they stepped into it when God revealed, okay, this is the will, this is what's happening. They stepped into it. They did their best. So Ambrose became a very, very holy bishop, a very, very great leader, even more than he already was. He helped to convert St. Augustine to the faith, and then he became a great bishop, even surpassed him as far as his notoriety and and holiness and writings and everything else. Who, you know, I guess, yeah, holiness too. St. Augustine's known as the doctor of the doctors of the church. St. Ambrose is known as a doctor of the church. And his writings are just incredible, especially on scripture. And I believe he wrote in a particular way on the Psalms. So his writings are absolutely beautiful. And they were part of what formed St. Augustine to become the great man that he became. Once again, discerning and following the will of God. How do we know the will of God? Well, I could probably talk for about two hours on this. (laughs) I know you want me to out there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. This is meant to be a short sermon. Sometimes I do go long. But doing the will of God, first and foremost, means avoiding sin. That's, That's bare basics. That's bottom line, right? Avoiding sin. A lot of times people will say to me, ah, I can't believe you equated missing mass with murdering 5,000 people. Well, I'm not equating them. I'm saying one's a sin, the other's a sin. They're both sins. So yes, at the very beginning of our faith, at the, at the very least, we're supposed to be going to church on Sunday. It's a it's mortal sin to miss mass on Sunday and holy days of obligation. By the way, tomorrow is a holy day of obligation, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. So that's bare minimum trying to obey the commandments as best we can. Then there's the precepts of the church. When we are aware of mortal sin, we must confess it. And we're supposed to confess at least once a year. Going to Mass Sunday and Holy Days. Mortal sin if we miss. Following the commandments, of course, receiving communion at least once a year in the Easter season. Although it's ideal to receive as often as possible, as long as we're Confessing in in the state of grace, to observe the church's rules for fasting and abstinence, which is very specific for the season of Lent. It used to be meatless Fridays. However, still, even with the church restricting the rule of no meat on Friday, we're still supposed to make a sacrifice on Fridays, which some of us do, some of us don't. We're not always the best at that. Uh, but yes, some sort of fasting on Fridays, but yes, there's, there's certain prescribed fast that the church tells us to keep and then, uh, supporting the church, supporting the poor, we're supposed to tithe. So these are the precepts of the church. And then I wrote out a little thing on rules of discernment. How do we know God is calling us to do this or that? Number one, and I just have eight things here. Number one is prayer. Cause I do a lot of spiritual direction and I do a lot of, uh, you know, helping others to discern God's will. But first, I need to learn this for myself. 
I strive to discern God's calling. I strive to discern his will and follow it. Number one is prayer, because if we're not praying, we're not in dialogue with the Savior. How do we expect to know his plans for us? How do we expect to hear his voice? If you're discerning anything and, and asking God, you know, what is your will for me? Well, you have to spend time in prayer. It has to happen. And part of, you know, the prayer is a huge topic because a big part of that then is to discern are things, movements of my heart that happen in prayer, are they leading me to peace or are they leading me to greater anxiety? And knowing a little bit about St. Ignatius, you know, that's very helpful there. Knowing uh, his rules of discernment, the spiritual exercises, that's all part of it, trying to discern the fruits of the spirit. Do these movements that I receive in prayer, these movements of my heart, the voice of God I might hear from time to time, do these things lead me to greatest peace? If you're discerning, let's just say, I don't know, marrying a certain person, does that lead you to greater peace, love, and joy, or does that agitate you? Does that lead you down the wrong path? So that's one, prayer. Prayer is the biggest one. Next is desires of the heart. When I was younger, I was told this was not important, and that was a big mistake. I was done a disservice by people telling me, who cares how you feel? Who cares what you want? No. And Pope John Paul reminds us of the importance of our emotions and desires. In his writings, he talks about this. It's part of his phenomenology, which is a newer version, brand of theology, you could say, in the past century that's really helped us to all to mature in our faith and in our spiritual life, those of us that have been studying this. It led to his theology of the body, Pope John Paul. So yeah, discerning what are my desires and once again, testing them. Are they from the Lord or are they from the evil one? (laughs) Having a good spiritual direction is a big part of this. Also, what are my gifts? How can I best use my gifts? And, you know, part of that discernment too could be, hey, I'm really bad at something, but the Lord is calling me to improve in this area, especially if we're really horrible when it comes to certain sins, lacking certain virtues. The Lord might be saying, okay, this is the virtue I want you to work on. I'm calling you to grow in this virtue. Another thing is our defects. It kind of goes, it's the the negative of the, the previous one. What are our gifts and talents, but what are our defects? What are we called to use? God gives us gifts so we could use them, but also what are we called to work on? What are the needs of the world and the church around me? That's point five for discernment. It's not, oh, sometimes people want to isolate this one, say, I have to do this because the world needs it, because so-and-so needs it. Well, that doesn't mean God's calling you to do it. Maybe he's calling you to have something to do with it, maybe to bring in somebody else who's good at certain things. Uh, But yes, that's part of discernment, knowing what needs are there. If there aren't, uh, you know, you might feel called to be a key maker, (laughs) And there's you're living in a society that doesn't use keys anymore. Okay, well, there's no need for that gift. But, you know, if you really feel called to it, maybe you need to go somewhere else to make your keys. I don't know. Just an example. Another thing is, what are the circumstances that I'm living in? What are the circumstances that have brought me here? What are my circumstances? It's very similar to saying, what are my gifts? What are my desires? But circumstances, other people that maybe have said things to me, other people that have revealed needs to me. Other people that have revealed my gifts to me. You know, what have I what have I already excelled at? So my circumstances. Next, what you know, knowledge. 
I might say, I feel called to be a brain surgeon, but I don't know anything about it. Well, having knowledge of something helps us to discern God's will. And then the final point is trial and error. Sometimes we just have to do it to see, all right, is this a calling for me or is this not working? And we're talking big picture, but we're all, well, the biggest picture is simply about worshiping God and our relationship with him. We're all called to that. You don't need trial and error with that. You need trial, 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 trial. You're going to commit errors. Okay, keep going. You're not called to give up on your prayer life. That's one thing that we know. You're not called to give up on a life of virtue. That's one thing that we know. But, you know, trial and error in other ways, uh, yeah. You know, sometimes that's the only way if we know. And sometimes the Lord wants us to have a period of trial, even if he's not going to keep us in that place. So it's big picture stuff. It could also be the little things of day-to-day life. So we strive to do God's will. During the Advent season, is this something we're thinking about? You know, Mary was all about God's will. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. Sometimes it's said according to thy will. Mary wanted to do the will of God, and she was a woman of deep prayer, pondering everything in her heart at all times. And so she wants to be our companion and help us to discern the will of God and to follow it, knowing this is the good foundation. We build on the rock of doing God's will, and the things that we build with our lives will stand very strong. Hope everybody has a great day. By the way, I'm feeling better. Thank you very much for your prayers. My final stage of being sick, assuming I still get enough rest and don't have a relapse, is usually losing my voice. (laughs) So when I'm losing my voice, that means I'm feeling better. So thank you all for your prayers. And uh, there's definitely something going around. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.